Welcome to Being the Dot. I'm your host, Dr. Stacy. Each week, I invite a guest to share their experiences of being a person of color in white spaces. A recent LinkedIn survey, 82 respondents indicated that they thought it was important to have a mentor, yet one in five didn't have one. 86% of African-Americans indicated that they would prefer to be mentored by another African-American. As it relates to attorneys in our country, only 5% of the U.S. attorneys are African-American. Today, we have two worthy candidates to talk with us a little bit about their experiences of mentoring. They'll talk some about the importance of it, how to be a good mentor, how to be a good mentee, how to find a mentor when you're looking for one, and other tips even about mentor burnout. Our guest starter today is attorney Susan Sims-Marsh and attorney Catherine Waters. Attorney Susan Sims-Marsh has 30 years of experience in public utility regulation and compliance. She serves as the Deputy General Counsel and Senior Director of Regulatory Compliance for Pennsylvania American Water Company, a subsidiary of American Water, the largest and most geographically diverse in the U.S. publicly traded water and wastewater utility companies, serving 15 million people in 46 states. As Deputy General Counsel in their office, located in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, she has responsible for legal and regulatory compliance matters, including managing the compliance and customer service advocacy teams. Attorney Marsh previously worked at the Pennsylvania Public Utility Commission as legal counsel and a senior advisor to the former Vice Chairman, Lisa Crutchfield. Attorney Marsh began her legal career as senior counsel at the Pennsylvania Legislative Budget and Finance Committee. Attorney Marsh has a distinguished record of volunteering her time and talent with several professional and civic organizations. She's a member of the Association of Corporate Counsel, Corporate Counsel Women of Color, the National Bar Association, the American Bar Association, and the Pennsylvania Bar Association. Additionally, she serves on the Pennsylvania Department of State Corporation Advisory Committee, as well as the Board of Directors for Pinnacle Health Foundation, Foundation for Enhancing Communities and Executive Council of the Association for the Study of African American Life and History. Attorney Marsh previously served as the International Secretary of the Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Currently, she is the president of the AKA Foundation of Central Pennsylvania Incorporated and a member of the Epsilon Sigma Omega chapter of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Attorney Marsh has lectured on water and wastewater infrastructure, diversity and minority contracting with utility services, as well as nonprofit governance and risk management. 
Susan is a well-respected attorney and accomplished public utility lawyer and is one of few women of color in-house corporate counsels for a major public utility. As an attorney, she knows when to restrain and when to exercise power. In the public health industry, Attorney Marsh is a trusted leader and catalyst for success in the boardroom and the courtroom, and she conveys an authoritative presence and commands the respect of her colleagues. In the halls of academia, she inspires minority law students to exercise sound judgment on behalf of others. In the classroom and on the school playground, she challenges high school students to achieve their fullest potential. A native of Durham, North Carolina, Attorney Marsh received her BA from Duke University and her JD from the North Carolina Central University School of Law. We are so fortunate today to not just have the perspective of the mentor, but also the perspective of someone who has had the honor of being mentored by Attorney Marsh. In addition to having the perspective of the mentor from Susan Sims Marsh, we also have another attorney joining us who has had the honor of being mentored by Attorney Sims Marsh. Catherine Waters is an attorney from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. She received her bachelor's degree from the University of Maryland, College Park in 1991. She obtained a Juris Doctorate degree from Widener University School of Law. She is also the first African-American female deputy district attorney in Dauphin County. She has practiced law for approximately 25 years. In addition to being a litigation attorney, she has also been a discrimination attorney for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and the intellectual property lawyer for the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Catherine has been a director for the Bureau of Minority and Women Opp Opportunities for the Pennsylvania Department of General Services and Deputy Commissioner for the Bureau of Cooperations for the Pennsylvania Department of State. She is a member of the Epsilon Sigma Omega Chapter of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Catherine is an ordained minister and has labored in the clergy for over a decade. As a reverend in the Church of the Living God, she loves to spread the gospel and win souls for Christ. She is also the mother of two currently attending college at Temple University and West Virginia University. Daughters, please welcome to the podcast, Attorney Susan Sims-Marsh and Attorney Catherine Waters. Welcome. Thank you so very much. Well, I am thrilled that you are here today, and I, I can't wait to personally glean from your wisdom. And I'm sure that our listeners are really going to uh, be encouraged by what you have to say. So let's just get to it. Tell us a little bit, if you could, about how you chose the law or how the law maybe chose you and the role of mentoring in your own journey. Absolutely. So my journey in law is, uh, some might say a little comical. Um, I'm a graduate of Duke University and I majored in psychology. And at the time, my desire was to go on to get my Ph.D. in psychology. Uh, by the third year of uh, my junior year, I decided, you know, I'm really tired of college. Maybe I'll take the year off 
after I finish. And I certainly still had a desire to get my PhD, but did not want to go to school for five years. Or seven in my case. Right, seven, all right. So senior year rolls around, I'm applying for jobs and I actually had a job offer. Hmm. It was to work with people who were autistic. Hmm. And then my mother had this crucial candid conversation with me to say, do you know what that will actually entail, Susan? And as she began to share and break it down to me, I was like, "Mm, I don't think that's what I'm ready to do. Mm. So I have a brother who is five years older than I am, and he went to law school. Mm. Um, He's a graduate of North Carolina Central University, undergraduate degree in history. And then he went on to receive his JD from Temple University. So I thought, hmm. Maybe I'll go to law school. That's three years rather than seven years. If you just indicated, I can do this. And so I applied to law school and off I went to law school. As I mentioned earlier, we're lucky enough to have one of the mentees of Attorney Sims Marsh with us. Let's hear a little bit about what Attorney Waters has to say. Well, let's let's see. Um I graduated from Widener University School of Law, the campus mm-hmm. here in Harrisburg. Um, mm-hmm. It was cheaper for me to come back home and live at home with my parents financially, you know, to go to law school. And that's what I did. But this was also a good place because Harrisburg's the capital of Pennsylvania. That mm. was my journey. It wasn't because that was something that I had a strong desire at the time. But what has happened is I have been able to use my degree in psychology to help me along my way in the legal profession. Of course, that makes sense. So it sounds like one of your first mentors was your mother. Absolutely. You know, mentors come in all shapes and sizes. You know, Mm -hmm. they can be your parents. They can be peers. um, They can be... um, someone that you work with, but my mother truly was my first mentor, followed by my brother who continues to mentor me today. Um, And it wasn't for him and his advice or being a sounding board or helping me to develop a strategy, I probably would not be as successful as I am today, whether it's in my professional life Mm -hmm. or in my personal life, or being engaged with the community. And so those were the first two mentors in my life. And as I said, my brother continues to be my mentor today. Mm -hmm. Are there other people in your life that, um, that were mentors or still are mentors beyond your family? Absolutely. So when you think about a mentor, one of the things that I have said all along is, you're not necessarily always looking at that person with the letters behind their name, whether it's a mm. JD or PhD. Mm-hmm. I have mentors who were just mentored me in terms of life. You know, we go to college, we get go on to get advanced degrees, and there's so many things that we don't learn in the textbook sure. or the practical experience. It's those day-to-day life experiences that we gain by being mentored by others. Mm -hmm. And so I had a neighbor 
who was, uh, he's deceased now, just recently passed. Uh, he was a security person at IBM. Mm-hmm. And he always talked about handling his money and finding mm-hmm. and investing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's what he talked about uh, well into his late 80s. That's mm. what he talked about. And so he actually mentored me about being very practical and basic about life and handling my finances mm. from when I was in high school. Wow. Um, in later years, other mentors have been um, people who I have been employed by. Um, one of my mentors uh, was the person who previously served as the vice president and general counsel for Pennsylvania American Water, Velma Redmond. She was a great mentor to me and continues to be a mentor, um, although she is no longer she's retired. But she is a philanthropist and engaged in the community, serving on boards, and she continues to mentor me today. She was great at being an active listener, which I believe is one of the keys to being a great mentor. She was also good at leading by example, which I believe is another key best practice being a mentor. And so I too try my very best to lead by example. Mm -hmm. Um, A great supporter, uh, knowing when to ask the questions to be strategic in development in terms of my career. Um, And so it was was really good um, in that area. You know, but getting back to active listening, there is no substitute for that. And sometimes I know I have my attorney hat on, right? And if I am working with the client and I don't always allow them to finish their statement before I interject, but I'm very, very careful when I'm mentoring someone, whether it's professionally or mentoring them in terms of community engagement and being of service to others. I always want to make sure that I am listening and allowing them to talk and then sharing thoughts and words of wisdom or asking more questions once they have shared um, what they have had to say with regard to uh, anything. Um, I try my very best not to interrupt in a mentoring capacity or role. Mm -hmm. Uh, versus mm-hmm. when I have my attorney role on and I'm preparing for hearing. Um, sure. But it's just true. It's just good to sit back and allow someone to just talk and share their thoughts and their concerns and to ask questions before I begin to engage in discussion. Very good. So tell us a little bit, if you could, about people that you have mentored and specifically um how you entered into those relationships? Were they serendipitous? Were they planned? Or um, was did you initiate? Did they initiate? Uh, let, let's just start there. Sure. So it's it's been a um, different situations. Um, there were some that I was very purposeful in entering into. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some that people sought me out, mm-hmm. and there were some that just kind of happened. I'll tell you the one person 
who I've mentored along the way. Um, she started out as one of the debutantes in the cotillion for Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Epsilon Sigma Omega. Uh, wow. She was a senior in high school, mm-hmm. and I had an opportunity to get to know her uh, through various activities mm-hmm. that we were engaged in. Little did I know that that uh, initial uh, involvement in her high school years turned out to be where, where I still serve as a mentor today. Uh, she went on to go to the University of Maryland and get her undergraduate degree. And then she went on to law school. And I had the opportunity to hire her as an intern, as a legal intern, uh, when I worked at the Pennsylvania Public Utility Commission. And uh, she and I talked today. Uh, she's a beautiful person. She is a mother. She's a role model for others. She's engaged and involved in the community, and she's still engaged in the practice of law. Wonderful. And again, that's just an example of mm-hmm. how it just happened. Let's hear a little bit about what Attorney Waters has to say. And sure. so basically, I, when I was in school, I was looking for internships because I wanted mm-hmm. to learn the law. And I was blessed and fortunate enough to become involved with the Pennsylvania Public Utilities Commission, PUC. And that is where Sor Susan was, Attorney Sims Marsh. Um, I had the great honor and privilege, seriously, of knowing her and meeting her back when I was in high school. Uh, she was one of the women, and I, I, I'm not, I'm telling you straight up, um, she's one of the women of EC, ESO, Epsilon Sigma Omega, that I just admired. I, I wanted to be like them. Um, I wanted sure. to walk in their footsteps. She's very, she's very, very impressive. Yes, she is. Just even before she opens yes. her mouth. She's very yes. impressive. Mm-hmm. And so yes. I was in a cotillion. Mm-hmm. When I was in high school, and that's how I first met attorney Susan Sims Marsh. <laughs> so I, I knew her from my cotillion days, Ash, and uh, when I was in law school and I got the internship um, with PUC, it was uh, Susan was just instrumental because she we worked yeah. for uh, commis- Commissioner Lisa Crutchfield. And Susan, she showed me how to navigate. She taught, she kind of taught me what I should look for in the different cases, how I should be looking for things to help and assist the commissioner in making her decisions. Um, and people really don't realize how that important that is. But to know if someone's telling you what the higher up, need or want mm-hmm. or might be looking for that's that's a leg up right there sure of course it cuts out a lot of the 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 i'm not going to say garbage but it cuts out the filler mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you can start to do your job and do it well and i hope i did do it well but had i not had you know attorney susan sims marsh i i, I would not have 
been effective at all. So how did you end up, she says that she called you yes. um, to say that um, there was a censorship internship available to find That's out correct. if you were interested. So, so tell me about what that was like for you to get that call. Oh, wow. Um, at the time it was like a kid in a candy store because mm-hmm. in all honesty, every person in law school was looking for a job, an internship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so everybody wasn't going to get one. Um, but I had, you know, different people tell you, oh, such and such place is hiring. This place is hiring. And you flood your resume out to different places. And Susan reached out for me. She pulled me up. And that's why I hope I do the same for others. Now, this is an interesting perspective by someone who's been mentored by attorney Susan Sinmarsh. It's interesting to hear how their thinking lines up. There are others who have actually sought me out. Mm -hmm. Um, They've asked um, on the job, you know, I really want to be more engaged and get to where you are in terms of your level of expertise Mm -hmm. and your position in the company. Sure. And so I have had the opportunity to mentor. And those are very interesting mentor-mentee relationships because you want to make sure that you are, again, leading by example in every right Mm -hmm. because you never know, quite frankly, who's watching you. Mm-hmm. ultimately resulted in this person seeking me out mm-hmm. to mentor them. Um, and you also want to make sure that as a mentor, you have to be comfortable with sharing your life's lessons mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and challenges as opportunities for those to see inside of you mm-hmm. and how you have been able to manage sure. uh, your way through those processes and those challenges. Um, life is full of challenges, challenges, particular in a professional way, uh, particularly in the legal profession. Because as you said, the percentage of African-American who are attorneys is not very large. And particular African-American women who work in the public utility industry, there are just a handful of us, even less. Well, it, it, I, I have to tell you, um, uh, Ms. Marshall, I was stunned by that low number because in my mind um, that I I am acquainted and know and are connected to so many African-American lawyers. But I think that that's my little bubble um, that um, and, and that is it just is not the case as I, I, I thought so. So, so given given that number of um, African Americans in the field of law, the paucity of those, what's your sense about what makes mentoring important for African Americans? Because the number is so low, mm-hmm. and because we want everyone to be successful and to achieve, mm-hmm. it's so very important to have a mentoring relationship with another attorney, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it's especially important when you have the ability to have that relationship with an attorney of color, someone Mm -hmm. that looks like you, 
And whether you're an attorney who started out and you're in a law firm, or you work in state government, or you work for a nonprofit, or you happen to work in-house, I think it is very, very important to have that mentor, to be able to talk to someone about your professional challenges, to be able to glean some thoughts and strategies to be successful as an attorney. Those are things mm -hmm. that you don't learn in law school. You learn the books, you learn the constitutional law, you learn property, you learn um, evidence. Um, and then you do have the ability to have some practice through various clinics. Mm -hmm. You know, when you step out and you're in the real world, mm -hmm. to know how to dress, because mm -hmm. it's very important. It's not as important as when I came out and the idea is to be successful, you had to have a suit and a white shirt, right? Mm -hmm. that sure. Today, but you always have to be prepared. So I tell folks, I tell people all the time, it can be business casual at work. But if you have a meeting from someone who's coming from the outside, have that blazer or that suit jacket on a hanger in the back of your door so you can quickly change. So that was a mentoring moment right there. That 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 is really, really good. That certainly um, that business casual is fine and more and more organizations are choosing that as a dress code for their employees. And it's important to be prepared for a shift in that. That for me personally, working in a university, when I before I leave in the morning, I always look over myself to see if I get called to the president's office for something that I am presentable enough, even if it's a Friday. Um, and so I think that that's really, really important. Absolutely. 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 What's your sense about looking for opportunities as an African-American woman and even looking for mentors as an African-American woman, what that was like for you and then? Well, thank God. Um, thank God I had sorority sisters. I, I have to be honest. I was blessed because I mm -hmm. had mentors. I was really like fourth or fifth mm -hmm. Waters attorney in my family. Mm. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. There was uh, my, he's like an uncle to me, Nate Waters. He retired as a senior partner from Rose and Simon before they folded. Um, his brother, Paul mm. Waters, he was the managing attorney for the attorney general's office. You know, so um, it's not that I didn't have um, others to follow, but I didn't have women. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? I didn't have women. And the road is, mm -hmm. in my opinion, as an African, at the time, now I'm Waters. And at the time I was Waters, but it, I actually got married shortly thereafter the PUC and I was married to a Spanish man who I had my two children to. So I used to tell people, because mm -hmm. I was the first, let me put it this way. I was the first black female district attorney in Dolphin County. Wow. And so, yeah, people don't know that because uh, a judge Clarence, you know, the first black male, he's deceased. He was the president judge. 
But people don't to this day really realize I was actually the first black female. And it's hard when you're the first at everything. Mm -hmm. But having someone like Susan, they were there before you. They can, you can kind of learn from them what you should be doing in the law, Mm -hmm. how you should be carrying yourself. Um, what opportunities you should even be looking at or considering. Am I making any sense? I think as an African-American female, I used to say when I was at the DA's office, I'm an African-American female with a Spanish surname. People don't understand Mm -hmm. how hard that is. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, uh, and it was always difficult, even even in my career, let's say even up to now. Um, when you're female and African-American. So it was just a, it was a blessing to have a female that you could mark yourself Mm -hmm. after. She was already a trendsetter. She knew what she was doing and she was willing to take me along for the ride. That's, that's awesome. That was, that's really awesome. And I think I, I, I appreciate what you're saying because what what part of what you're saying is there were other attorneys in my life and you it's not like you are this first generation person kind of floundering um trying to figure out what yes. to do um because you were able to see it before you right and still mentoring yes. played a really important part in your own trajectory because those folks were men and their journey looked yes. different than yours it did. And I, at the same time, I had a cousin, I have a cousin, um, Joy Fleming Waters. She was also an attorney. So when I was at the DA's office trying to make my mark, she was a master mm-hmm. trying to make sure. her. So we were kind of, her father, you know, was one of the gentlemen I was telling mm-hmm. you about that uh, in our family. Um, so I, it was, we were making our marks at the same time in different places, but I was blessed because I had Susan ahead of me to show me to follow the pace. So there have been times um, in my own trajectory where um, someone has um, seen the hope inside of me, if you will, and has come alongside me to, um, to help me move through strategically uh, my own trajectory. And there has been backlash sometimes around that, um, particularly if that person is an authority and if that person is black or brown. And I'm wondering if you have experienced that or have seen that happen to other people and what their thoughts are about how to manage that kind of thing. Sure. I've seen that happen to other Mm -hmm. people. And it's also happened to Mm -hmm. me. Um, And, you know, it's always very important to be observant of others. And I think that's part of my psychology background as yours. Always be observant. And then always be in a position where you can step back, assess the situation, develop a strategy, and then act on that strategy. And so it's not always to be reactive in the Mm -hmm. moment, Mm -hmm. right? It's not always in my mind, and some would disagree, to be in a position to react immediately. 
always assess what's being said. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just because someone else is having a challenging day or a challenging week. You know, sometimes I think about there are certain times of the year where I know it's budget season Mm -hmm. and some hard decisions have to Mm -hmm. be made. Right. And so my uh, reaction to what someone may be going through while we're preparing a budget may be totally different than the week later when we have the ability to sit down and have a candid conversation. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I firmly believe in having those candid conversations and being purposeful about those conversations and making sure that when I have those conversations, in some instances, it's when I know that I can command the total attention of that individual, Mm -hmm. right? And be able to have that dialogue. And then sometimes we're going to agree to disagree, but then we're going to work to find a way where we can move forward in whatever path in order to be successful as a company, successful as an organization, and so that I can also be successful as well. That's good. You mentioned some of the challenges of mentoring. Are there other things that you would note as um, some of the challenges? And let's put joys in as well, things that you enjoy about it. You know, some of the oh, really, the things that I enjoy about being a mentor is seeing other people be successful Mm -hmm. and finding themselves sometimes, you know, or being successful at a project that they're working on and having the knowledge that I played a small Mm -hmm. role in that success, right? Um, Letting people be successful and knowing that they're reaching their full potential, you know? And I mean, you know, if I can just sit back and, and look and I just smile and someone will turn an eye and they know I am on the right track. I am doing the right mm-hmm. thing. She has that gleam in her eye. I can just keep going. Oh, wow. That is absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. I have one mentor who started out that I knew her mother very mm-hmm. well. And her mother's now deceased. And she's going on to do great things. And we check in at least um, twice a month to see how things are going at work. And she actually happens to be a doctor. And she recently received a promotion. And she was talking about how um, stressful it is. You know, she's in the medical field and everything that's going on in terms of COVID, COVID-19. And I said, you know, what I do know, if I don't know anything else, you're still going to be successful in whatever you mm. do. I said, you are now at a place where I was 20 years ago. I said, and you're making an indelible imprint on the lives of so many others just by being who you are and being in that position that you are. Um, and, you know, it's and she's like, you're right. I never really thought about it that way. Mm. I said, and, and sure, you're going to be tired. Um, but, you know, and she said, yes, you're right. I'm tired. But then I've seen how you have continued to work even when you're tired, in order to make a difference in someone else's life. And so uh, that has brought me great nice. joys. But, you know, I myself, I've, I've faced challenges, and I face challenges today. 
And I have to go back and have those conversations with my mentor, my brother. And um, sometimes he says, you know, and I remember several years ago and I was going through some things at work and I was thinking about, quite frankly, looking for another position. And he had this really candid conversation with me. He says, Susan, I said, yes, you can do A. I said, yes, you can do B. I said, yes, you can do C. I said, yes. I said, I got your point. I hear what you're saying. Understood. Thank you so much for making me have that reality check. It's good. And that is part of the role of a mentor is speaking truth to you beyond what you can see for yourself. Um, I think sometimes one of the challenges for me as a mentor is when the person doesn't heed that advice um, and, and, and then they get stuck in the situation that you were concerned about initially because of a choice. And I mean, I've even done that as a mentee myself too, is that I haven't taken the advice and I found myself like, "Uh Oh, this was not a good thing. Um, so that, I see that as a challenge. Any other challenges that you see as for, as far as mentoring is concerned? You know, I think that as a mentor, sometimes you actually become a mentee mm. from the person that you're mentoring. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're not aware of it, but you actually become the mentee. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've been practicing law for more than 30 years. And the things that I've done in my life, you know, have been very strategic, mm-hmm. uh, very planned. And sometimes when I'm with one particular mentee, you know, I get out of my comfort zone. Mm. In fact, she makes me get out of my comfort zone and to look at things differently or um, challenging things that perhaps I'm otherwise might not have challenged mm-hmm. uh, in my life. Uh, and I certainly have enjoyed that. Uh, and I will tell her, I said, I'm being the mentee now and you've been the mentor. Mm-hmm. And she gets the, she just laughs about it. She says, you're right. I never thought about that. Mentoring can be uh, a two-way absolutely uh, uh, mm-hmm. opportunity, and I said absolutely. And she says, "I appreciate you sharing that. I'm actually mentoring you now." She says, "Because I really didn't think anything about it." Mm-hmm. I said, nice. "You absolutely are mm-hmm. mentoring me now, and I do appreciate that." Very good, very good. So, how if someone is interested in in having a mentor or engaging someone? that they see around being their mentor, what's your sense about the best way to approach that person or to uh, try to connect with them to see if they're open to that type of relationship? So I think one way is to ask that person to be a mentor. And then sometimes people really don't know what mentoring's about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in the context of asking someone to be a mentor, have in mind what you want that person to do. Because if it's someone who's not accustomed to being a mentor, they're, they're like, mentoring, what does that mean? What do you want me to do? It's all about time commitment. And you can explain to that person what you're truly looking for. Mm-hmm. Depends on the type of mentoring you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I recall myself um, years ago, the then president of the company, I finally went to him and I said, I would like you to serve as a mentor. And he did say, well, what does that mean? And so I shared with him those things that I was looking for. Mm-hmm. He didn't do it in the context of a mentor-mentoring-mentee relationship. But when I shared with him what I was looking for, he was like, yes, I can do that. Absolutely, I can do that. Thank you for thinking of me 
to serve in that role. And if you say that's mentoring, so thank you. Thank you for thinking me to be your mentor. And I will commit to do those things. And that's what he did. That's exactly what he did. You know, sometimes people think mentoring is a long-term commitment. It could be a short-term commitment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? Uh, And then some people think that it's a commitment that I have to do things X amount, you know, um, devote X amount of time uh, to you with regard to that. And sometimes that's not what we're necessarily looking for Mm -hmm. as a uh, mentor. And so you have to be able to, in some instances, know what you're looking for. In other instances, you may not necessarily know what you're looking for, but you know what you need. Sure, of course. And having that conversation with someone about what you need and what you're Well, and, and I think there are times you don't know what you need, that you just know you, yeah, you need something and, um, and then pursuing that. Are most of the people that you mentor African-American? Most of the people that I have mentored have, in fact, been African-American. Uh, but I've in, uh, mentored others sure, um, who were not necessarily African African Americans. But most of the people that I have mentored have actually been uh, African Americans. I will tell you one of the things that I've enjoyed immensely is, um, as an attorney um, in Dauphin County, I've been able to participate in Dauphin County's program involving uh, first-year law students mm-hmm. serving as interns. Uh, with corporations, with law firms, with state government. And I happened to have had an opportunity to mentor a Hispanic uh, young man. Mm. And um, it was um, rewarding for me because I had never mentored uh, anyone who was Hispanic. And not to say that they were any different, but I did learn from him about his culture, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. Uh, which was great and was absolutely fantastic and he and i still have a relationship today Mm -hmm. uh two years later sure um and so that has been quite rewarding i I will also tell you that it's been rewarding for me uh as an individual to have a support base of women and just want to mention i'm a member of the association corporate council women of color Mm. and they hold a conference once a year Mm-hmm. It's all women and it's all women of color. And it has just uplifted me um, to life's challenges, particularly in the legal profession, that's none other. And I've gained um, friendships with women all across the United States, mm-hmm. whether they are women who practice in the field that I'm practicing in, or there are women who um, I'm aspiring to be like um, in another life, so to speak. And so that has been a, a, a rewarding uh, experience for me as a woman, as a woman of color, and as an attorney of color. Well, and, and part of what that highlights is the importance of not just mentoring above you and mentoring um, you being you being a mentor, you having mentees, but also having mentors that are across as well. Your peers, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Your peers, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd like to, for anybody that's looking for a mentor, mm. I would like them to consider not just finding a mentor, but refining their search. Mm. Note the kind of mentor that you need. 
because everything that you want is not everything that you need. And there's no, you can get the greatest mentor in the world, but if it isn't what you need at that particular season in your life, sure, it's not going to get you, you know, you talked about that trajectory. It's not going to mm-hmm. get you to that point you're trying to reach. Mm-hmm. I would say that they need to really refine their, their criteria and their search and then be open and willing. Be open and willing. What do you think the best way is to find a new mentor, to find a mentor? Well, you know what? I think the best way to find one is to figure out what particular field you want to be in and do a little research and find out what, as an example, if you want to do law and you want to do litigation law, then you don't go necessarily looking for an entertainment attorney. You need to go find someone. Go sit in the courthouse and just, I mean, it's very hard now, but go sit in the courthouse and watch. Just watch what happens because there's still not many persons of color that are, are, are litigators. But if you go in and you watch each miscellaneous court session, criminal court session, um, civil court session, you'll start to see familiar faces. And then maybe you can. After you research them a little, then you contact them, call them or or send them a, a letter requesting and asking that they help you. You're searching and looking for a mentor. You'd like them to be your mentor. And if they cannot be your mentor, could they please point you in the direction of someone that could do that for you? Because That's all the great- time that they're busy, they still might have know someone or have a friend or a relative sure. that can do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's good. That's really good. I appreciate you sharing that. So, and and I and I what I like about what what you said, um, uh, Kathy, is this notion of kind of putting in the work and being able to really know and understand what the person might have to offer you before you pursue them as a mentor, yes. and to make sure that there's a good it's a good fit. Agreed. I mean, I I actually like to think that I have a toolbox of mentors. Mm-hmm. And and that there are different mentors that I have that are for different things. Agreed. So like yourself, I have a mentor who I've had since I was 16 years old, right? Okay. She's going to tell it to me like a T.I. is. She is not going to pull any punches. Like she, she's known me too long. She's like family. Um, and so if I need that and I, and I know that I'm about to do something risky, that and I need it, and if she says, well, you know, that might not be about a date. I'm like, oh well, if she has bought it, bought this, then let's go. Um, <laughs> but then there are others that I might call to help me uh, manage or tolerate a risk. Yes, uh, more more so than that original person. But uh, but I do think that that it is a toolkit. Are there other things that you think should be in your toolkit or your chess war chess of mentors? Um, well, now I will speak from a spiritual side. Okay. Um, you know, I understand faith without works is dead. And that's mm-hmm. why you research and you refine and know the type of mentor you need. But I will say this, and I believe this with my whole heart. If you are listening to God, he will place right in front of you who you need as that mentor. Mm-hmm. 
I agree. I, I, I absolutely agree. I, I also think, Kathy, that there is something to be said for diversity in your mentor war chest. Yes. And that not everybody identifies the same as you. Agreed. And everyone's not going to come with the same problems that you will encounter. They might not know how to fight that particular Mm -hmm. problem. And they may know that sometimes you don't need to fight the problem. Right, right, right. And and so I think that I I think that we all need um, that. Maybe not need. I don't like that. I think that it's I just will say that I think it's important to have a diversity of perspectives in your war chest. Yes. Um, Because here's what I know that. Um, when I have been mentored by white males, that they think where well, I'm thinking I need to pay my dues, I don't need to get ahead of myself, mm-hmm. uh, I I should play small, that that's not how those men who I have been mentored by think, and they're more likely to encourage me to pursue an opportunity that I thought that I needed to wait for. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, my pastor talks about everybody needs a Paul, a Barabbas, and a Timothy. And so Paul being the mentor, Timothy being the mentee, and Barabbas being the person that will encourage you and come alongside you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So when I was an attorney, I was working, this was after uh, leaving the Pennsylvania Utility Commission, graduating from law school, you know, being an actual attorney. And I was working for the Office of um, Department of General Services, Office of Chief Counsel. I was asked to leave that office, take a promotion, and I was working under Deputy Secretary Peter Speaks at the time. Um, And I became the director of the Bureau of Minority and Women Business Opportunities. So I was responsible for maybe several thousand um, different minority businesses and getting them contracting opportunities. It was watch uh, with him back with the male mentor. But in this position, I actually had an office to run. And having my own employees, Uh. it made me more sensitive to being the boss. And so I wanted to make sure I did it right. Wow. Because I felt I owed it to them because I had people that had done it right for me. Sure. So it was my time to do it right for them. And so I I tried my best and um, tried to help them to reach goals they didn't even know Mm -hmm. they could reach. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And I pray that, and I know some of them did, but I pray that they continue to do that mm-hmm. and help others. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, my position was at that time a political appointed position, and um, I've held a couple of them. I was my uh, deputy commissioner for Department of State, mm-hmm. and um, that was political appointed, but I came out of that, had a little illness. And uh, I just hope and pray that no matter what I do that I help someone else because God blesses us so that we may in turn be a blessing to someone else. And that's what I intend to continue to do. So I, I was in my preparation for our time together today. I just was just looking over some things around mentoring 
and, and particularly attorneys mentoring and came upon a blog post from an entertainment lawyer, Erica Stalling, who talked about mentor burnout and how uh, what she says is the level of intervention needed to get another Black person in the door and keep them there is high. And um, and then certainly she's in a, a, a type of law, she's practicing a type of law that there are not a lot of African-Americans in as well. And I'm wondering if you, if that resonates for you at all, or um, had you have you had moments of being burnt out from mentoring? Absolutely. I have had moments of being burnt out. I really have. And, you know, I then go back to my mother. Mm. And I saw what my mother went through um, with family, um, taking care of her mother. And then she raised three of my, uh, of her sister's three kids. And she worked every day. And sometimes it was seven days a week, but she never gave up. And so when I get to that point, when I, I get burnout, uh, I think about her and the fact that she never gave up, even when she was tired, mm. even when she's burnt, when she was burnt out. And I sit back and I may rest for a day. And then I'm like, okay, I'm back at it. I'm back on the road. Because if I can help somebody mm. along the way, as people have helped me, then that's what I'm going to do. That's exactly what I'm going to do. And, you know, and I also think about, you know, life is not a sprint. It's a marathon. It is indeed. It's a mm-hmm. marathon. And I also think about it's not where you start out. It's where you end up. Mm, that's beautiful. Um, I agree. I do agree that it it does take a tremendous amount of energy, but I consider myself like my mother, who's my pastor. I'm an energizer buddy, bunny. And so uh, <laughs> I get out of my energy. I'm supposed to regroup. I'm back right. for some more. Are there other pearls of wisdom of things that I've not asked you about that you'd like to share with our listeners about mentoring? A couple of things that I certainly would like to share. Um, the one thing that I share with my mentees, because uh, it was shared with me, always be your best because you never know who might be watching you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm at Pennsylvania American Water today because there were others who saw me in action. And I'll never forget my interview with the president of the company. He said to me, I have no questions about your ability because I have seen you in action. I didn't know that. Mm. I had absolutely no idea. Mm-hmm. He said at the time, because I was working for the then vice chairman of the Pennsylvania Public Utility Commission, he said, my question to you is, what will she say if we take you from her and hire you? That was his question. We had no, we had an interview. There were no questions about my abilities, my experience at all. Because he had seen me in action. That's one of the things I always share with anyone that I'm mentoring. You never know who's watching you. And so the young lady that I spoke about that I started mentoring because of her participation as a debutante in cotillion, when I reached out to her, to see her interest in being an intern, 
She said, I had no idea. I said, well, I've seen you since you were 60 years, 16 years old. I've watched you since you were 16 years old. And I think that, A, you would benefit from this experience as you continue to move along your professional journey. And she was like, wow, thank you. Um, and she said that, you know, you know, you had no idea that you uh, how much I appreciate how you invested in me Wow! as a woman, as an attorney. But you never know who's you never know who's watching you. My last question for you today is one that I ask everyone. And um, and so I'm anxious to hear your response. Certainly, we are living in a season of racial reckoning in the country and that uh, racism has is being highlighted in ways that it wasn't for a while. And, um, and, and white people are oftentimes trying to figure out what they should be doing to help in the, in the dismantling of racism. So I'm wondering if you might be able to share one piece of advice that you would give white people in dealing with people of color and making spaces more in, white spaces more inclusive. Thank you. Uh, it's interesting you should ask me that question. And ironically, for me, uh, in today's world, it's no more simpler than what Doc Rivers, who is now the coach for the Philadelphia Seven and Sixers, said a couple of weeks ago. He said that everyone, and I mean everyone, must be treated must have the equal protection mm. under the United States constitutions. African-Americans are not requesting anything more or different than any other citizen is entitled to under the constitution. For example, a young African-American man admittedly jaywalking across the street in California <laughs> who was stopped by the police should be given a warning or a citation for jaywalking, if that's what is given to all other American citizens for violating an ordinance. That incident should have never been elevated to where the police requested that young man to turn around and put his hands behind his back to search for a possible weapon, because that is not their approach that is done for any other citizens in this United States. You know, I always say, I always say, it's not what you say, but what you sh- what you do. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. what you say about inclusion. It's not what you say about diversity. It's what you actually do. Mm. Not what you write. It's not what you talk about, but it's what you do, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, whether it's being of service to others. It is actually what you do. Um, I, I really think that they need to be willing to be honest with themselves because it, it's it's like addictions in a sense. You have to admit that there's a problem before you can even begin to solve it. 
So if they can't admit, in my opinion, if they can't admit that there has been white privilege, that they have maybe benefited, whether it be directly or indirectly from white privilege, then how in the world are they going to help me or any person of color to make things better? Because <laughs> mm -hmm. you're, you're, mm -hmm. you're not admitting there's even an issue. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Wow, what a great discussion on mentoring. Thank you to our guest daughters today, attorney Susan Sims-Marsh and attorney Catherine Waters. This episode was edited by Caroline Bone. Special thanks to our intern, Amanda Gillette. Our music is provided by Jaffa. Being the Dot is sponsored by David's Delicious Delight. David's Delicious Delight. Custom-made, personalized pastries made with a dash of Southern flair. Visit davidsdeliciousdelight.com and use our coupon code being the dot for 20% off of orders of $34.99 or more. Special thanks to my own first mentor in life, Dr. Danelda Cook, for her contribution in, to my trajectory, career, and life. Join us next week when I sit down with two African-American male entrepreneurs to talk some about being Black in white spaces in business. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs>